Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to the Washington Weekly Podcast on the UBS In The Now podcast channel. Joining me once again for the conversation, glad to welcome back Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. We have been covering debt ceiling negotiations here on the podcast for the past several weeks now, so for today we will bring you the latest developments as to where talks stand and the next step. So with that, Shane, thank you for joining us here on a Friday morning. I know there's a lot to catch our listeners up on, so thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Dan. It's good to be with you as always. So heading into the weekend, this is going back as recent as yesterday, talks, they were looking pretty bleak, though as we woke up this morning, it sounds like we're receiving more traction, more progress is being made, and there is an emerging deal potentially in the works, which is optimistic, encouraging. So what exactly do we know as of this morning, Shane? Where do negotiations stand? Right. Negotiations are making progress. I mean, the deal is not done by any means. Um, but, you know, I think it, it is um, um, headed in the right direction. You know, one of the telltale signs of that is that um, you have the far right and the far left both upset about what they're hearing, um, which signals that, you know, uh, compromises are being made on both sides. You know, the far right is upset that they're hearing that the debt ceiling is going to be increased um, until after the uh, 2024 election, uh, whereas on the far left, you're hearing um, um, some call for President uh, Biden to invoke the 14th Amendment and not even make a deal because they're worried about um, the the caps on spending in the future years. So, you know, the like I said, the deal is not done. There's plenty of more work to be to uh, come and uh, before we see the deal and it actually happens. But as as of you know this moment, I think it's clear that things are headed in the right direction. But, you know, uh, June 1st is less than a week away, so there's a lot of work still to be done here. So with that in mind, Shane, I know we're heading into the Memorial Day weekend. So over the next few days, what do you see taking shape as far as further work? And you mentioned some areas of compromise. Any indication as to what that looks like? Yeah, uh, you know, I I think the goal here would be to, you know, essentially have a deal in place by uh, Sunday or Monday. So that way, you know, you could have a little time to, you know, actually finish writing the bill. Um, And Speaker McCarthy has already alerted his members that they would have 72 hours to read the bill before they voted on it. So, you know, he wants to allow them proper time to read it, digest it. Um, before they are, uh, are forced to vote on any deal. So, you know, that really sets up um, a timeline where you, where you see, you know, okay, if, if you have a deal in place by Sunday or Monday, then you get the bill written on Monday or Tuesday, and then members have time to read it, you know, you're voting uh, on the first. You know, potentially the Senate could vote first, but you're really close, you know, to cu- cutting it down to the wire. But, of course, you also have this, you know, um, potential that June 1st isn't to date. You know, Secretary Yellen has said that it's potentially as early as June 1st. So there may be a few more days of breathing room. And, we, and keep in mind that we expect Secretary Yellen to update that, uh, I think, on Monday. So that could be, so, you know, that could help re, uh, provide a little breathing room to give uh, uh, negotiators a few more days. 
you know, where are the sticking points? And they largely remain what we've talked about in the past. You know, um, I think there's recognition on both sides about um, pulling back on co- unspent COVID money. There is a little bit of a dispute between the sides about how much COVID money is actually out there. You've, we've actually heard numbers between 30 and 100 billion. So that is a little bit of a moving target. The details of energy permitting reform are still being worked out. Um, so that is providing a little bit of um, uh, um, back and forth. But it, it, I think that will, they'll be able to overcome. You know, um, uh, I think the two biggest hurdles are the, the spending caps. Um, I think there, that uh, there's a recognition that the 10-year um, uh, length of time that Republicans want to just put a spending cap on is not going to happen, and, and expectation is something short of like a two-year um, deal. Um, I think the biggest uh, part of uh, frustration for Republicans right now is worker requirements that they want to put on, you know, uh, food stamps and Medicaid. Uh, Democrats are really playing hardball here. And you will see Speaker McCarthy and other top negotiators continually go to the press to plead their case because they believe they have the upper hand with the American people on this issue and and they're going to keep hammering it. You've actually seen some frustration from Democrats wishing that President Biden would um, use his bully pulpit with the press a little bit more often here to try and plead their case and, and try and get momentum on their side. So... That's kind of the universe, um, and the wagons are circling. And you know, like I said, I think you know we're in a much better shape than we were, you know, a couple of days ago. But we're we're not there yet for having a deal. It's helpful to have some clarity around timeline, what we can expect to see unfold over the next few days, heading into next week. It's a critical point as we're closely nearing the June 1st deadline, as you pointed out, Shane. And of course, we'll continue to keep our listeners informed on how this progresses over the next few days when we catch up again next week. Before we close out our conversation for today, Shane, outside of debt ceiling negotiations, do, of course, want to acknowledge that our nation will be celebrating Memorial Day on Monday, when, of course, we honor our fallen servicemen and women. Any notable events taking place across the nation's capital? And is there anything in particular on President Biden's agenda to highlight? Yeah, thank you for mentioning this because, you know, I think it, sometimes we get lost in the thought of, you know, the start of summer and barbecues and that sort of thing. But, you know, there there is a real purpose behind Memorial Day. You know, we, uh, we have so many who have given the ultimate sacrifice for our country. And, you know, you see that in our nation's capital play out. And I would encourage anyone to come to D.C. at some point. Uh, over their life for Memorial Day because there are so many great events, you know, whether it be uh, a wreath-laying ceremony at Arlington Cemetery or uh, Rolling Thunder is an incredible sight to see when you see thousands of uh, motorcycles, you know, go through the street to to bring awareness uh, to their fallen uh, uh, comrades. So, you know, um, there is just an endless list of cool events to see. Um, on Memorial Day in D.C., and, you know, it, it looks like we're going to have beautiful weather, and I, I, I think it's going to be a great day. Well, it's an opportune time to reflect and remember, so thank you for providing some highlights there, Shane, and do wish you a nice Memorial Day weekend, and like I mentioned, we'll, of course, continue to keep our listeners informed on the debt ceiling negotiations, the progress there, 
and we'll catch up again on that next week. But thanks again for your time today, Shane. Appreciate it, as always. Thank you, Dan. Looking forward to speaking with you soon. And hopefully by the time we, we speak, we'll have uh, moved on from the death ceiling. Absolutely. There's always something else to talk about. So look forward to that. Thank you again, Shane. And again, today we have been joined by Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. As a reminder to our listeners and clients, the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy has been keeping you updated on a weekly basis with written recaps on the latest developments with respect to debt ceiling negotiations. So be sure to reference the latest Washington Weekly publication on UBS.com slash Washington Weekly. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that you understand the ways in which we conduct business and that you carefully read the agreement and disclosures that we provide to you about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review Client Relationship Summary provided at UBS.com forward slash Relationship Summary or ask your UBS Financial Advisor for a copy. 